Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, we hit the road once again here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and at a golf course once again. I mean, it is kind of a big golf week, and we're actually in Georgia. We're just not at Augusta National. But a pretty darn good track right here that we're at, and a good secret in the golfing area if you like to play, and that is Osprey Cove Golf Club. Right up here over the border, right on the line, exit one, and it's about a mile off the uh, 95 uh, and on exit one and uh, in St. Mary's. It is a fantastic place. So golf is the backdrop once again. Once again, do want to remind you, ESPN690.com. Get discounted golf with the Dream 18 card this week for just $69. That's even discounted from what it normally is. And this is one of the places you can play, and this is one of the places you can really save. So uh, we'll talk more about it here at Osprey Cove coming up throughout the afternoon. We've got some football topics because that's what we do here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We do have to get our master's picks in, which means I can't wait for the eye test that Austin Lane will uh, undertake to pick at least his sleeper, if not his favorite, because it's all about looks instead of game when it comes to Austin Lane picking winners in golf. And then there was the Tiger Woods story just out that it was speeding only that caused the crash. 84 to 87 miles per hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone for Tiger Woods. He will not be charged, but uh, nothing more, nothing less, just uh, way too fast and... Heck, it almost cost him his life, Austin Lane. Hope you're doing well here on a Wednesday. Doing fantastic, man. Yeah. Um, I guess at the end of the day, it's a plus that, you know, he wasn't um, inebriated, right? There's nothing affecting his driving in terms of anything that he consumed. But, you know, obviously at the same time, when you're going 80-something miles per hour in a 30, like that, I mean, that's, that's pretty – that can be serious as well, you know? And like, I don't know, like, do they usually get, like, reckless driving for that, Brent, or is that just – I mean, I'm not a – Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I just read a little bit up on it. I was curious the same because they're not charging him and not even giving him a violation of any sorts. And I think what they said is basically it would be hard to prove exactly what he was speeding at, but they calculated that through the black box of the car and all this stuff. I, if I read that correctly, but they're not charging with him anything, like reckless driving – um, so uh, what they think might have happened, Austin, is he was speeding, and then he ended up hitting the tree at 75 miles an hour. They feel like instead of hitting the brake, he hit the accelerator uh, at, during the crash. Not, I'm not saying to get going that fast, but during the crash. And so that even made it the impact even worse. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think they're charging him. He's cooperating, uh, and uh, you, I'm a little bit surprised there's no citation of some kind. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, sometimes it pays to be Tiger Woods. I feel like if if my window tints too aggressive in my home state of Wisconsin, I get a ticket for it. But if Tiger Woods doesn't get anything, then so be it, man. Good for him. Yeah, I guess. Good for him. I, you know, maybe this is a great story of don't speed, and, and especially in that area, and they can use him as the poster child for it, you know. Um, I, I don't know if that's part of it. We'll see if anything else develops. But, you know, there's – like you just said, I, th- I think I kind of feel the same way you did. Everybody, most people speed some, right? Um, yeah, you know, people have gotten in accidents before. It's not right. It's there's, it, it's uh, it doesn't make it okay. All those things, but I mean, it's, it's a human element 
and Tiger Woods is that. 40 miles over the limit does seem a bit reckless on those kind of roads, which he should be somewhat familiar with. He grew up, uh, uh, you know, nearby. And so, but I kind of tend to think the way you think. He's been through so much in the public eye that I guess it's a little bit of a sigh of relief that it wasn't more than that. Um, and I'm not saying that makes it okay, but I guess uh, I'm kind of glad that it's not more than that for one of the iconic stars in sports. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad with that because that guy's been through enough. That guy's been through two lifetimes. I feel like of of trials and, and tribulations. Um, at the end of the day, you know, he's very lucky because that could have been a lot worse. I think if there was a car coming in the opposite direction, who knows what, what, what we'd be talking about right now to, uh, to this point. So um, he's definitely lucky. You know, that the fact I mean I say lucky with obviously quotations because you know obviously his golf career is affected now. Um, you know, I think he, he had to have surgery and stuff like that. So he didn't get out unscathed. But I'm just happy that nobody else was part of that accident. So in that point, you can say he's lucky. Yeah, I, well, I think he's extremely lucky. I mean, I saw that vehicle, and if you're going 40 miles over the limit and you crash into a tree going 75, even if it's 10 miles over the limit, uh, that's serious stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think he's lucky, and you're right in that context. He's lucky nobody else was involved. So uh, there isn't that element of it uh, as well. So Tiger Woods speeding, um, that's probably going to close the book on that story. When he comes back to golf, that's still an open-ended question. Roy McElroy did say this week that he saw him. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I guess, and he, he was surprised at how well he was doing. He, you know, you look at the car, he said, and you, and you look at that crash, and he actually thought he was doing better than I guess he had visually thought he might be doing. So that's a good sign from his health and getting back and, and maybe coming back to the sport of golf. But uh, that's it with Tiger Woods. The Masters rolls on without Tiger Woods. Uh, Jordan Spieth is, is peaking at the right time at a place that he loves. Dustin Johnson rewrote the record books last year, 20 under par in November. November. It's back to April. Uh, it, it's spring all over the country when the Masters takes place. We've got some golf coming up the next four days. We will have our picks coming up as well. And I always make a promise to Austin Lane, we won't talk two hours worth. No, nah, man, you're hey, you're good. I mean, if the ratings call for golf talk, then the ratings call for <laughs> golf talk. That's on you. But I'm just saying, and I, I don't want to flex or anything, but I'm kind of flexing right now. And by the way, Big Diesel, I see you on the chat, man. You're welcome for the shout-out yesterday. I mean, any guy by the name of Big Diesel knows his weights. And by the way, if you get a rocket number 54 in your screen name, I think of Brian Urlacher, right? I think of Blue Collar. So what's up to Big Diesel? But... I don't, I don't want to flex or anything, but I bring up anime one time. We start getting anime phone calls. So I'm just saying be careful on the golf front because I got some more anime hot topics on standby just <laughs> in case. Hey, listen, we get phone calls for MMA, wrestling, anime. We could get some phone calls for golf. How, we could how get many some golf calls, calls for baseball? Hey, Do this, you want my friends to start calling in? This year... And put it down, Goose. Make it a list. This year, I think we've had more phone calls about anime-specific questions than we have about golf questions. Uh, maybe. The, and the prosecution maybe. rests. Maybe. And the prosecution but rests, ladies and gentlemen. We could, we could flip that in a hurry. We could sit here and talk all baseball, too, if you want, because right now the Red Sox might be on the verge of sweeping the Rays. Welcome back, Brent. There we go. Maybe I will watch a game. Actually, that was a really good game last night, uh, Red Sox uh, and Rays. I'll tell you what else. I know you don't like the Cincinnati Reds, but the Reds, see, my father-in-law and my, and my mother-in-law are in town. Papa's a big Reds fan, like big 
big, big Reds fan. Like, really cool Reds fan. Uh, he's 87 now. And mm-hmm. so he, like, went to, like, a ton of games during the big red machine. I, I've shared this stuff before. I told you just recently, um, Hank Aaron, he saw his 3,000th hit in person, you know, and paid, like, five bucks for a ticket to see it. So, I mean, really cool baseball fan. And he's, he's, he records the Reds games. That's how big a fan he records the Reds games and watches them back, even if he's already seen them live sometimes. Um, now, he might have a little bit too much time on his hands, but that's how big of a Reds fan he is. The Reds are, like, putting up numbers that are insane right now. I think they're up 11 to nothing. Now, they are playing the Pirates, which is like a double-A team, but sure. um, the, there's some good baseball topics right now. How are your Brewers doing? Uh, good. They beat the Cubs yesterday because the Cubs suck, so that's good. Uh, Brewers are two and three. What, what do you mean? Whoa. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just fun hope fact. At, hope Kaylee's at practice and not listening. Uh, it is. Hey, I mean, once again, the prosecution rests. Uh, so they're zero zero right now, top of the fourth against Chicago. But I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to call for Craig Council's head quite yet, but in a shocking turn of events, um, Colton Wong has been. I don't know if he's been benched. I don't know if he tore an ACL. I hope he, with all due respect, I hope he tore something because that's why he's not in the lineup right now. But Colton Wong, my uh, go-to leadoff player of the year, is not playing today. Mm. Well, hey, everybody needs a rest, you know. I mean, I hope so. Or oh, maybe. And Christian Yelich just doubled the center. Oh, he's back. Everyone's he's, worried about Christian Yelich. Is, Yel- <laughs> is Yelich doing ha! anything? Has he gotten off to an okay start? Do we know? No, he hasn't. He's not. No. He's, I mean, he's he's batting 300. You know, it's fine. It's last fine. Year, oh, oh, is he batting 300? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's last fine. year was last year was a miserable year for Yelich. Now, I mean, he had, he had MVP MVP numbers for two three years in a row, and that yeah. was miserable. Now, last year was a different year. I get it, but yeah. I mean, it was a bad year. Brent, you can uh, only fit Yelich. so many MVPs in the state of Wisconsin. Sometimes <laughs> you got to taper off a little bit. Okay, let's be that honest here. That is it. And as if, as far as states go, hey, MVP Wisconsin. Go. I mean, you might have to rename a city there. <laughs> let's go, man. You can fit so many MVPs. That, that, that was my favorite meme of all time, which you guys probably haven't seen. But it's a used car salesman buy a car, and it's like the shape of Wisconsin. It says you can fit so many MVPs in this state. I oh, that's it. good. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, maybe it's just most valuable Wisconsin. MVW done. Done. Most valuable Wisconsin. Done. Hey, but Should make a T-shirt, man. I does that does that mean we have to use Wisconsin as like the counter argument to needing an MVP to win it all? What do you mean? <laughs> in, in, in most yeah. sports? Yeah, just Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, and it's Wisconsin. They, I mean, they get the MVPs, but yeah. Uh, and listen, I, I don't want to talk up Wisconsin too much now because ESPN Jacksonville, but you know we can go to Murray State if you want to as well. Well, we have listen. We got a we've we've got an affiliate. We do. Uh, you know, we got Hawaii. We have ESPN 690, The Desert, in honor of Kel- uh, uh, Kyler Murray. Yep. Uh, we got um, ESPN 690, Ashland, uh, a little bit in Rhode Island, a little bit Wisconsin. Yes, sir. A little bit uh, uh, overseas, like in, in Australia. Yep. In we, London. Have, we have the ESPN 690 anime chapter and the AEW chapter, so there's a lot we of stuff do. going on. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, we got, I mean, we're big. We are. This is huge. Global. Uh, no doubt. How about this? Uh, I hate to put in the title the way I put this today, but... Tiger Woods speeding, and then Travis Rudolph murder charges? Yeah. I mean, wow. Florida State, uh, you know, Seminole Nation probably shook up with this news. Uh, the football world shook up with this news. Travis Rudolph, who was very good in college, not much in the NFL, and then was playing most recently, I believe, in the Canadian Football League. Down in West Palm Beach, uh, you know, murder charges for Travis Rudolph and 
uh, several other attempted murder charges, I think, because he fired a, a gun into four people. I read down there in, in South Florida. Yeah, and, uh, and they were and they were not injured from the from those shootings. They were not. The others were not. Correct. Uh, so just the yes. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it's just one, one deceased. Yeah, yeah. I say just, but yeah. Um, so anyway, yikes! You know, I, I see a lot of this going around today too, man. It's like, um, well, Florida State has her Aaron Hernandez. I mean, let's let's hold off. This seems yeah. I, I don't know how you characterize charges like this, events like this. I don't necessarily do that in my mind, but I mean, Aaron Hernandez is kind of living on an island by himself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of all the stuff you read, he did all this. But this is obviously bad news for Florida State uh, fans, for football fans, for Rudolph, the family, and, and everybody else that's impacted by it, uh, families included. And it just does make you think sometimes, from sports heroes to to this. You know, things go south for a lot of different reasons, for a lot of different people. Sometimes it's financially, sometimes it's addiction, and sometimes, unfortunately, it's as far as this. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much as far as you can take it. Um, I don't I don't know Travis Rudolph. I've never talked to the guy. I don't know him personally or anything. But, like, the first time I've really ever heard of Travis Rudolph, set aside from his career at Florida State, was when he sat with that kid um, at the lunch table that had autism uh, at the kid's school. He, he went to the kid's school. I guess he was getting bullied. Um, and Rudolph went to go sit with him, you know, and just kind of befriend him a little bit. And, and I remember, like, that was like a big viral video at the time. Um, and that was probably like back in 2015, 16 or whatever. And, and now we're here, you know, five, six years later. Um, and we're on the completely different side, uh, of just the type of guy that he is. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see how these whole things play out. But, um, it's just crazy how someone can go from that great moment, that viral video, and now we're talking about him, and obviously he hasn't been found guilty yet, but these are pretty serious charges, and we're talking about first-degree murder. I think of a lot of things here, Austin, okay, on players like this. I mean, obviously Travis Rudolph brings it to our attention. But, again, there are a myriad of players that have a lot of problems, you know, post-career. And so I think of it, okay, uh, we could go to CTE conversations. Maybe he wasn't a good guy, really, to begin with. He did have that moment like you were talking about. And I, I didn't remember that as much as I saw that tweeted out today. And what a, a dynamic that is, right? What a gap that represents from the charges of last night and today to that situation right there, which was just um, a really good humanitarian move by Travis Rudolph uh, back with, with that young man. So... But I also just think how easy it is, and I bring this up a lot, and we talk about this a lot. I'm not going to talk about it at length today. But I think it's always a constant reminder to us how easy it is for star athletes especially, but star actors, star musicians, to lose their way and get caught up in whatever they get caught up. And it's this boom, in-your-face kind of reminder that these guys are humans and not superheroes. They're not superhuman. I mean, we're talking about Tiger Woods going 40 miles and over a, a, a speed limit and crashing into a tree at 75 miles an hour and lucky to walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, really didn't walk away, but lucky to be alive and, and looks like he'll be okay. And now we talk about these kind of situations. I don't know how we get here, Austin, um, but I guess I'm not surprised anymore that we sometimes do. Yeah, you know, um, sometimes you're just you're a product of your environment and no matter you know how much that you try to come across um as a humanitarian or a great person sometimes we can go back to 
um, you know, the things that are, are associated with us and the people that we surround ourselves with. Uh, and it's as simple as that. Like, th- this isn't um, as an, an aggressive um, case or uh, an example, but I remember, you know, I remember when Justin Blackman came out of Oklahoma State. And, like, I remember even before he got to Jacksonville, like, I remember watching college game day because obviously he was a hyped-up wide receiver. And I remember, like, he would hang out with this girl, uh, Olivia Hamilton, who was going through cancer. And, like, they became best friends. Yes. So, like, immediately I had this preconceived notion, like, damn, Justin Blackman is, like, the salt of the earth. He's the best guy you're ever going to meet. And I'm not going to say he wasn't the salt of the earth because he was a great guy. And, like, that that was the guy that, you know, I thought he was. Um, you know, when he, when he, when he got to Jacksonville, he was a soft-spoken individual, you know, friendly, um, you know, just, just a casual type of guy, a, a guy that you want in the locker room. But obviously, you know, he was suffering for some, from some other demons as well. So it just goes to show you sometimes what you see on TV or, or sometimes that the, this, this person or this facade that a player, and I, and I say facade loosely because I think, I mean, I think Justin Blackman is actually a very good individual. It's just he had a problem with, with a certain aspect in his life. And I think that we have to remember that sometimes where it's like, yeah, people, you can see people on TV and instant, you know, Instagram and social media and all this stuff, but you got to remember sometimes what you see isn't necessarily exactly who they are. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's really deep diving into psychology and all these other things. I, I think you're Justin Blackman. Uh, I didn't. I kind of forgot about that part of the story too. And that was a huge story. And that it is. That's an unbelievable story to bring up. And again, that gap between where he ended up and that story, which was all over the place. Tom Rinaldi and oh, everybody. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, mean, I remember when that, he got to Jacksonville. You know, like she was like the, that. That story was still active. I remember. Absolutely, it was a huge part of his story. Yeah. Right about who he is, and so. I don't know where uh, – I didn't major in psychology or anything, but I just think about this stuff. Like, you know, Travis Rudolph, was he a bad guy before last week? You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, or does now – obviously this certainly puts him in bad guy category, a territory. I mean, you, you don't escape that. That's no. that's is what it is. But I don't know where he was before that. There, this might be a stunner to people around him or it might not be you know we all grew up with people you're like wow i can't believe that guy either did that or is now doing this like in a positive or negative way and then we also all grew up around people who were like well i'm not surprised that he's now doing this or he did that and he's in prison or something like we all grew up around those folks i just don't know travis rudolph enough but i think it is that constant reminder of that moment last night and into today now that we all know about puts him in bad guy territory Nobody's going to remember sitting down with the kid at lunch. No, you're absolutely right, and it's a shame. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, in, in a lot of ways, it's too bad. Yep. Uh, but it's uh, but it's just part of it. Hey, let's get some football talk. We have Daniel Jeremiah on the show coming up a little bit later today. That's about 4:45. That uh, DJ's scheduled to join us. I really think he's he's fantastic. Um, so we'll we'll talk to him about the upcoming draft. But let's talk some draft talk right now. When we come back, where the Jags sit. Now the countdown is almost inside three weeks. We are 22 days away from the draft. We will start it off with some football. We're live at Osprey Cove Golf Club just over the border in Georgia on a beautiful afternoon. It's Masters Week. We're in Georgia for Masters Week. It's not all the way up in Augusta. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? 
Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This I just did. Why oh, is, is that, that's, that's it? it. I that's mean, it? that's why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but, might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm always open to whatever the Masters champion has to try. I, I've uh, tried a lot of different cuisine over the years. I think it's pretty cool. I remember I'll share it with you a little little funny story uh, from. Adam Scott's victory, and he had uh, had this wonderful meal, Australian themed, and out comes dessert, and it's pavlova. There, you can't Google this stuff because our cell phone, you know, there's no cell phones allowed, right? And I said, oh, uh, pavlova, that's uh, inspired by the great Russian ballerina Anna Pavlova, who was touring through New Zealand, Australia, and the Australian chef was so inspired by her beautiful movement and tutus, she ended up naming, he made, he made a dessert after her. Chairman Payne looked at me like, what kind of stuff are you spewing here, you know? And uh, no, no, this is, this is true. You know, Zach, Zach Johnson looks at me and says, I got $100, says that's not right. You know, so everybody's calling me out on my BS, and a lot of times I am BSing. However, <laughs> however, my daughter was a dancer, and I ended up, you know, being right. Wow. <laughs> that might be the greatest Phil Mickelson story yet. Dang. That was fantastic. So I this, didn't know where he was going with that. So there was what was a dessert named after a ballerina? Is that what it was? Yeah, and a she pavlova. Was, huh. <laughs> she must uh, be the real deal. I guess she was. I mean, it's not like uh, Tom Brady's got like a, a burger named after him, as, as far as I know. I was going to say, where have you stopped where you've had something named after you? Well, I mean, you, know, you can go to Murray State and get Austin Lane, or the, the A-Train burger. Is, does, the uh, pickle? You know, ah, nothing about the pickle. Does Urban it's have the Miller Lite? Huh? Does Urban have like a, a meal named after him at the restaurant you went to? That's a good question. Uh, Urban's Pint House there. Uh, I mean, he's got the restaurant named after him. Is that yeah. count? <laughs> I mean, word on the street, and this is just word on the street. I heard he's, it's going to be instead of Urban Outfitters, Urban Meyer Outfitters. Oh, at the town good. center. So, wow. Very good. So you know, get your Jaguars merchandise and get like a cool off-the-wall <laughs> band shirt as well while you're at it. I, I have long said this, okay? I look forward to my older years in part because I want to go to the place every day and they know what I'm drinking and eating. <laughs> okay? Like, sure. I want to be the regular. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really do. Like, I want to be the – I don't even – I want to be the guy that doesn't have to look at the menu and they really don't even have to ask anything. Sure. Just say – like, I, I'm, I'm waiting for that moment. Like, that will be a, a life-fulfilled kind of bucketless moment for me so i don't i'd rather almost have that than something named after me on the menu uh but uh maybe once i do that maybe they will name something after me on the you menu. never know man <laughs> something maybe to I can, yeah maybe maybe if i get a to happen b will happen now we're talking uh phil mickelson uh that's a good story i like it uh from from augusta uh we are going to talk to daniel jeremiah a little bit later had so much uh, draft talk of course, uh, every day, each and every day, and all the way leading up to April 29th for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martineau here at Osprey Cove Golf Club, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Let's go on-the-field football. You know, this week, the Jaguars were supposed to be in the building with off-season conditioning. And the reason why is because the seven teams that got new coaches were to get a head start on everybody else. That's not happening. It hasn't happened. It hasn't started. They haven't agreed upon anything. This thing is very much in limbo after last year missing uh, that off-season conditioning part due to the pandemic. Then the no preseason games. 
And uh, here we are wondering and waiting how much of that will spill over from last year. So it's an interesting question here in Jacksonville especially because from an outside perspective, I'm like, okay, Urban Meyer hasn't even had a team meeting with the players on his roster. He said that. They don't really know fully what to expect. Don't you want some evaluation going on and, and figure this stuff out? Heck, would we love to see Trevor Lawrence and the rookies here in early May, although Lawrence won't be healthy enough to be on the field in practice. I'm a big believer, man, that the OTAs in the offseason is a colossal waste of time in many respects. <laughs> like, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm a proponent in a lot of respects to trim that down. Uh, obliterate it and get rid of it, whatever it is. I'm kind of on the player's side in this. But it's funny how here in Jacksonville this year I'd almost like to see some semblance of it so Urban Meyer, the staff, and the players can get used to each other. Well, we see it. Yeah. I mean, if you're – I guess if you want to go on the the hierarchy of goals right now for Urban Meyer and this coaching staff, what would it be? It would be to evaluate the talent – to start getting their message across um, and to start getting a feel for just what they have going forward even before the draft. None of those things have been done yet, and none of those things probably won't be done given that, you know, even though that we're trending towards, you know, normality again, we're still at the point where it's like, all right, this, you know, preseason could be different with COVID. We'll see what happens there. So... Are OTAs and stuff, are they a little mundane? Are they a little overblown? Yes, they can be. But I think that if you're trying to teach the game of football at the professional level to a young team or to a team that is not accustomed to your coaching style, then it's one of the most beneficial things that you can have. And unfortunately right now we're not talking about that. So, yeah, it it sucks this year because you would love to have all the OTAs. You would love to have the mini camps. And while, you know, some people will be like, ah, I'm not going to, if you're in the media, yeah, I don't need to cover. Like, no, you, you'd probably be at every single one just because this Heck is yeah. new. This is, um, this is uncharted waters now with Urban Meyer. Like, let, let's see what he brings to the table and let's see all these new free agents that have come in, what they're going to contribute to the table as well. There's just, there's so many intricacies right now that need to be addressed that can't be addressed where it is a real shame and it's a detriment to this team this year that you don't get all those OTAs. And those mini camps. Well, here's the thing. I, I think there's a benefit to the rookies because this. I think the rookies are going to be as refreshed as they've ever been, uh, even if they do some semblance at OTAs. Because I don't think the process in the off season has been as rigorous as it normally is, from the combine not happening to other things. So I and you know me. I, the reason I say that is because I'm a. I think that first year for the rookies is so long. Like, there's no break. There's a lot of stress mentally, physically, the rest. So I kind of like that for these these rookies coming in. The Jaguars will have them. Of course, every team in the NFL will have them. But I think it will benefit those guys uh, to some degree to get a chance to be refreshed and away from football and not have to be, boom, to the next thing, then to the next thing, then to the next thing. And all of a sudden you're just you know, going 110 miles an hour every single day for like an 18-month stretch if you include the college football season and their entire rookie year. So I, I think that part of it is more challenging than people talk about, and we just kind of like sweep that under the rug. I've been consistent with that. But 
I do feel like there is something to be gained for the Jaguars of all teams coming off a 1-15 year, coming off a guy that's making his NFL debut in the coaching ranks, this entire new regime, a locker room that has been revamped in so many respects, uh, and and even getting to know their franchise quarterback you know, sometime in May uh, at, at a more intimate level, even though he might not even be on the field. So I think there's a ton of value in doing something over these next couple of months for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If I ask you this question, Austin, please take away your rookie year for this because you're going to learn a lot in your rookie year. But in year two, three, four, 2011, 12, whatever, and you had some coaching change, by the way, in that. Mm. Uh, you Did you learn a lot? Did you, did you find the April-May stuff was valuable that you – that carried you over into the season, that you got better? Uh, or at times did you and maybe other players, especially after being in the league a couple of years, think this is kind of a waste of time? I mean, hi- hindsight's twenty twenty, And, you know, when I was with the Bears and with the Jaguars, like we had new defenses get you know implemented and things like that. So there, there was some skill that hey, we have to learn how to, uh, you know, how, how to drop back in this coverage with this call or things like that. So there, there definitely was some benefit if you're learning something new. If I look back on my career and I reflect on it, I would say that it's more of a mental part than than it is a physical part. Like no, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I lifted weights and stuff, and did I get stronger? Yeah, maybe. Like, did my physical tools improve? Maybe a little bit. But I think that you use that time. Because when you go from your rookie year to your second year, it's like night and day. And and Quincy Williams said it better than anybody could. It's like you, your rookie year, your head's in a beehive. I don't care yeah. how, how touted you are coming out of college. Like, it's just there's a lot on your plate. And then that going into that second year, it's almost like, okay, I can hit the pause button a little bit. I can break everything down. I can see what I have to improve on, what, what I was good at, and all of that stuff. So there's definitely beneficial things to happen in the spring. Um, you know, once again, not made from a physical standpoint, but also just a learning standpoint of growing as a football player. So I think there is some. Now, is it is it overblown and is it a little bit too much? Well, yeah, probably. But there is some benefit to it. Yeah, well, because there's also this curiosity of how much of it. This is why coaches like it, in my opinion. First of all, they never think enough is enough, <laughs> right? I mean, right? You can never have enough practice. It's just kind of the way you're wired. Uh, I, I feel like there is a little bit more work-life balance uh, in sports than there has been in the past. But um, overall, I think a coach's mentality is, all right, we can do more. We can learn more. We can get more um, installed. We can – all these things, right? There's never enough time. But I also think there's an element of this is for a couple of months they're in the facility – and you get to kind of be around them, and they're not gallivanting the world and getting themselves in potential trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, sure. from a from a coach's but, perspective, you got yeah. a bunch of young twenty-year-old guys, newly millionaires, you know, and and going to spend their money and do whatever they want. Now you're going to still have that time, but it's really squeezed in. It's squeezed in between like June and July. Yeah, and, and that's about it. And then there's a little bit of a sense of it, depending on how far you go in the playoffs. But, again, I just don't know how much value of – I say this about spring games all the time, uh, for the record. I'm pretty consistent with this. Like, spring games have, have actually gone down a notch. Now they're glorified practices at some of these places. They used to be these events that sometimes they'd charge people to come in. It'd be 100,000 fans. Other times they would be free. But 
I was like, what is the carryover from spring to the fall in college football? There is none. What are we doing here? Like, what can I tell you about this spring game that's probably going to play itself out in the fall? And I think the answer to that many times was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of think the same thing here overall in the NFL offseason program. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying. Like, the the spring, you have to balance it because they're – Okay, I, I I think of it like this, Brent. I understand that when it's the springtime and you know players can go on vacation, things like that. Like, yeah, they can get in trouble and maybe their minds aren't on football. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like to me, it's good to hit the refresh button, um, to take some time away from the game and then come back. Now, if you're getting in trouble, you're getting arrested, well, then obviously that's going to be a problem, and that's going to be an issue. And that would be the reason why coaches like having the guys around a little more. At the same time, though, if you're dumb enough to be an NFL player, go out there, get in trouble, whatever the case may be, get arrested, get your mugshot posted everywhere, social media goes crazy, well then, are you really NFL material in the first place? Right? Because there's so many things that are put in place for you to succeed in this league. And to go out and get arrested for whatever the reason, you know, like you have to go out of your way to try to mess up. And I just feel like if you go out of your way to try to mess up, eventually you will get got, as they say. So while maybe you reduce the time frame a little bit so coaches can have their hands on you a little more, at the end of the day, I come from the the theory where if you mess up, you're going to mess up eventually. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of time. It may not happen as soon because of the time restraints, but eventually it will happen. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, I think there's an element of messing up because sometimes we're just immature and there's a maturity about people that happens anyway from 22, 23 to 28. You know, in 29, but uh, but I, I get what you're saying. Well, there. I mean, and listen, you're you're talking to the guy who you know. <laughs> well, got I was kind of thinking right of before you. the draft. You're, gonna, you're talking to a guy who, who who got an underage when he was a senior in high school. But yeah, what, was I young and mature and stupid? You better believe it, man. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I'll I'll give a TED talk on that if they'll pay me. But when I got to the league, then it was a different mindset. Now, yeah, I still yeah. had fun and, and I was still gallivanting Jacksonville Beach, if you will. But I was swallowing doing, glass, swallowing glass. But hey, I didn't get arrested for that. Okay, that wasn't my fault. That was Blaine Gabbert's fault. But my point is, like, even I had to grow up a little bit, and and I had to see the big picture. So, yeah, no, it's good. Listen, that's why I like I, I like that's why I want to ask you about this off season stuff because it's it's floating around that they're going to have some semblance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not the length of it, and we've already seen it squeezed back because the Jags really should be in the building now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think this. I'll add one more layer before we take a break. I think more and more, and maybe this was common uh, when you played too, even just 10 years ago, but I think when we talk to like Urban Meyer or he's in a media, he'll be like, yeah, I just saw so-and-so in the building yesterday. I saw so-and-so in the building. I feel like these guys were in the building more in the offseason, even when they don't have to be. Yeah. You think that's accurate? You think more than maybe when you even played, or is that just that that always happened? You'd have 25, 30 guys, 40 guys rolling in and out of there anyway, getting rehab, working out the facility because yeah. they can use it. Yeah, I mean, guys are usually around just because they live in the area. Like, um, yeah, you know, I remember in Jacksonville and Chicago especially, I mean, there, there'd be a lot of guys around in the off season. I don't know, there'd be vacations and stuff like that, which is, you know, more power to you. But as far as, like, getting your workouts in, you know, it, it's, it's pretty convenient to just go to the practice facility and get that done. So, yeah, I think there's always guys around.
Yeah, it's kind of like using it as a Y in, in, in exactly. a sense, right? Exactly. Um, and it's home base. It's home base for you, so it's comfortable yep. uh, there as well. Hey, a uh, reminder, we're up at Osprey Cove Golf Club. Beautiful golf course with the best-kept secrets around. It's on our Dream 18 card. Go to ESPN690.com to purchase. It's just $69 this week. You can play eight area golf courses at a discounted rate. You save 40 bucks if you play this one. So go get it, ESPN690.com. Best deal in town, especially if you like golf or you know somebody who does. More football talk when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. There was even discussion about us taking a quarterback at uh, pick number two and having Sam here for, for the season. And ultimately, we felt that wouldn't be the best situation for for Sam, Coach Sala, and his staff in the locker room. We felt like this was the best decision for the for the entire organization moving forward and hitting the reset button. It's the Jets GM, whoever that is. All right, Joe Douglas. Oh, yeah. Joe. Yep. Joey. Joey. Joe Jim. Douglas. Yep. Um, we will see if that is the right move for the New York Jets. I think it is. I think it's a good move for the Jets. We'll find out if it's the right move for the Carolina Panthers uh, as well. Hey, I'm thinking of ducking out uh, of the next couple of segments. I'm just going to sit up here with these guys up on uh, the, the back porch here at Osprey Cove Golf Club. Got, got a couple, few New Englanders up there. Mm. Just, just talking uh, old school Larry Bird, uh, a little Red Sox, a little Tom Brady. Sounds and suffering. <laughs> Sounds like one of the worst times ever. <laughs> sounds, I think sounds I might like get the him. final gate of uh, Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I might get him a headset. Um. <laughs> yeah, might as well, man. Get him on the show. Can, can he produce in the next couple of days when Kuz is gone? Yeah, it's Kuz. When are you leaving anyway? Uh, one week. One week. You know, what? what's up with the wedding plans? Anything changing? Is there any uh, pressure here? Is there any uh, stress level? I mean, what's I, the deal with these wedding plans? <laughs> have, have you seen this? Have you heard this? I uh, don't think there's any stress, at least not from my angle. I, I'm just gonna show up, you know. He's gotta show up so you don't get fined. Maybe you got I, it. Uh, yeah, they asked me because obviously we're not allowed to see each other on Friday until. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, they're like, where would you like us to put you in the? Uh, the clubhouse beforehand. I was like, can I pick the bar? And everyone was like, Ooh. I'm like, no, I'm like dead serious. Put me by the bar. So <laughs> here's a real question. Day of the ceremony. Is it a, is it a early kickoff or late kickoff? No. So, so Nicole and her dad are going golfing in the morning. And on the day of your wedding. On the day of our wedding, because that's like a you guys, like yeah, you guys thing. golf. Yeah. So they're doing that. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'm going to start drinking. Well, um, and this is what I was alluding to. <laughs> so the, we, it's not till. 5.30, I think. Okay, that's kind of a late start. That's right? a pretty late start time. <laughs> <laughs> Check your local listings. Uh, obviously, we're getting right into the Pacific Standard Zone. But what I was going to ask you is, yeah, how much drinking are you going to do before? Because I think kickoff for my wedding was at, like, 1 or 2 p.m. I should oh, probably wow. remember that. Yeah. But, like, we – and. <laughs> It was, a, it was a very small venue. So, like, yeah. where we're getting married to is right where we were kind of just chilling before the wedding. So we're, like, shotgunning beers while, like, the party, like, while the guests are showing up. Yeah. Just, yeah it's awesome. What are going to do? So, like, are we talking about shotgunning beers here, really make it a big shindig, or well, are we going to slow play it see, until the evening? That's what I'm trying to figure out with uh, Nicole right now is because we have this, like, we're actually getting married 
next Friday. Yeah. But then in September, we're having, like, the wedding party. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm trying to figure out which one matters more to her. Sure. (laughs) And which one I have to be more, like, on point with. You know, like, like she had talked about in in September, we're going to, like, say our own vows. Where this week or this coming weekend... We're not. Someone's just gonna. We're just gonna do the I do's. Do you, do you have those vows ready? Ha, absolutely not. You want some help with those? Yes. Okay. You're, where just, where just are you gonna cry. just cry? Where are you gonna plagiarize them you. from? Oh yeah, I gotta get us some. My brain. Good. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I dominated my vows. I'm just saying. I'm just I don't gonna. Brag. I'm gonna Google most common wedding vows. Now we're talking. <laughs> well, now that's talking. real smart. Then in 20 years, that's gonna come up for 12 years, <laughs> and she's gonna be like, "Wait, you took that from there, and you'll be divorced." Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll just take it straight from a movie I know she's seen. So, like, as I'm saying it, she'll be looking at me like, this Dude, is from The Notebook. Uh, I'm something. telling you, j- just cry. Crying is, is the best bet because that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's what my wife did. And, like, <laughs> you go back to the – this sounds bad, but if you go back to, like, our vows, like, I think she did hers first and she started crying and I, I, I kind of just smirk really because, like, if you cry, everyone's on your side Yeah. because yeah. it's the emotion and everything. <laughs> so you can literally say the worst vows ever, <laughs> but if you're crying – that that that's an A plus vows. And meanwhile, like, well, then I, I, gotta, I gotta be the, like the stoic one of, of the family, I guess, and I can't cry, so I gotta go with punctuation and timing and See, using my hands to try to sell this vow that's, speech. That's where, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll just cry. Dude, I'm telling you, cry. I am, I am. Not I'll very confident that I can cry. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make you cry. <laughs> yeah, but you need to. There's but you're concoctions. Not, you're not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll put some, I'll put like I don't know something something like in your eyes that'll like yeah. Austin, get them watering. What's up, Austin? What's you could have stole the show, man. Six six two forty five, and you could have cried. And I mean, you would have won that place over. Man, Brent, I don't ever cry unless I'm watching like the movie Up or something like that, <laughs> um, or like Terminator Two. The ending of that really made me cry. But I don't just <laughs> cry for anything. The problem is if Coos cries, it's like, oh, here he goes again. This guy cries over and over. And this is, this is, His this wife's is, just like, again, really? This is par for the course, yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, you mentioned this. I got married when I was like 14. So, like, <laughs> uh, you just do what everybody tells you to do. Right? So yeah, when, when I'm you're mad, my age. I'm mad that your parents drive you to your own wedding because you couldn't make, you didn't have a driver's license. Ask Brett Martin what that's and like. And then they had a curfew. You had to be back by yeah. 11. Imagine, imagine Brett's parents giving him a curfew on his own wedding night because he was 14 when he got married. I love but it. But my, my question is, and think about this, like Kush just said, he's not allowed to see Nicole during the day. That's like, fine. why? Isn't that stupid? Like, why? I think it's like, supposed to be like bad luck. Yeah, who made this stuff up? Like, why do we continue with it? I mean, I don't think we really want to go down this road this of religion and stuff, yeah. possibly. So let's pump the brakes a little bit is, there, Brent. Is that a religious element of it? I don't know, man. It's got to be, all right? can't, I, it, Not all. What do you mean? It not, can't all be a religious element of it. There's some things that are done that aren't religious at, at weddings. Is the, that's a good point. Was the Easter Bunny, is he religious? Why do we have the Easter Bunny on Easter? Well, uh, see? You're, you're opening a can We're, of worms. Yeah. See, let's not yeah. go down this road, everybody. Maybe we should. Let's not. Football we'll be back. Maybe back to sports at 4 o'clock. Maybe shock your mock early on ESPN 6. Excuse me? When we get back. Oh, so you're going to bump me now? <laughs> we'll be back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.